Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I wanted to tell you that uh, I updated the car. I didn't even need Wi-Fi. Did they just sit it on cellular? Apparently. Weird. But um, it is a great update. I can tell a big difference. It's no longer, like, constantly switching lanes while it's navigating, like, for no good reason. That's what was happening before. And um, the visualizations are much better. everyone and welcome to kilowatt my name is bodie and i am your host and uh this has been an interesting day uh first of all let's get right to the voice you heard at the beginning of the show that was sierra she's giving me an update on the latest version of the tesla os i guess the tesla full self-driving beta and uh, she has good things to say about it so that's really good i'm glad to hear that Switching modes a little bit. I want to thank Chris and Allison for being so like gracious and like spur of the moment. And just they like Allison's like, hey, let's do this podcast. And we immediately did a podcast within like, I think, four hours of her texting. The podcast was done. So that's awesome. And you could listen to that same episode if you haven't heard the last episode yet. You can go to podfeet.com, look for Chit Chat Across the Pond, and you can listen to that episode. Also, another thing is, um, Chris has his own podcast called the SMR podcast. That's Sam, Mary, Robert podcast. And he does that podcast with two other gentlemen, Rod Simmons and Rob Dunwood. And Rod Simmons has actually been on this show. Um, the only person who hasn't to this point is Rob. And I don't think he's listening, but if Rob is listening, I would love to have him on the show anytime he'd like to come on the show. Anyway, right after we recorded our episode, Chris sat down with Daily Tech News show host Tom Merritt, and they went into more depth in terms of Chris's experience with the F-150 Lightning. And this week, the other two hosts of the SMR podcast joined Chris, Rob and Rod, to talk even more about Chris's experience. And it goes even further because now at this point, he's had it a week. So my recommendation to you is to go subscribe to the SMR podcast, download those two episodes, listen to them. And in the latest episode, they're going to talk about what Chris has learned in a week. And they bounce a lot of uh, really good thoughts and ideas off each other. It's a great, 
podcast. It's full of tech talk, EV talk, and just friends talking. Go listen to it, SMR Podcast. Along the same lines, if you're interested in learning more about residential solar, then I suggest you listen to the solar episode of the Daily Tech News Show with friend of the show, contributor, and friend of mine, Steve Sheridan. It's really good. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Please go listen to it. And if you like it, let them know how much you like it. Because creating content is hard. And uh, sometimes it feels very lonely. So if you like what people are doing, tell them. You guys tell me all the time that you like what I'm doing, and I appreciate it. And when you don't like what I'm doing, you are very respectful about telling me you don't like what I'm doing. (laughs) All right, let's keep moving on with the show here. A few weeks ago, I mentioned that there was a problem with the Patreon feed. If you're a Patreon supporter and you're hearing ads, you have to copy a private RSS feed into your podcast app, and then you get to listen to the show ad-free. You pay for it. You might as well get that set up. Well, there was a problem. I'm not going to go into the details now because ultimately the problem got fixed, and the problem was I was the problem (laughs) when it really comes out. As with most things, I'm, I'm the problem. Anyway... If, you, if you're a Patreon supporter and you are hearing ads and you need to know how to get access to your private RSS feed, please email me. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com so that we can get that fixed. That would I, I want you to be able to have that ad-free experience because that's what you pay for. And any other special episodes that I release, you'll get those automatically as well. So let's go ahead and thank our Patreon supporters this month because it is a new month. Andrew, Friendly Sleet 66 Joseph, Jerbo, Jeffrey, Steve, Neil, Bruce, Isaiah, Anthony, Howard, Jessica Kirsch, Bruce, Elon Muskie, Rolando, Damaso, Ryan, Karen. Karen, I haven't heard from you a little bit. I hope you're doing okay. Let me know. Chip, Chris, Sierra, Dale, Don. Hi, Don. Cameron, Nate, Mark, and James. And this is James from True North EVs. And I have one... (laughs) One more plug. I'm so sorry. But James and Howard uh, uh, Yermish were on the show not too long ago. And they were talking about their experiences with their Hyundai Kona EVs. And how Hyundai USA and Hyundai Canada were, how they were kind of different in getting them their batteries. uh, Because the uh, batteries for the Hyundai Kona EVs were recalled. We haven't had a follow-up show because James still has the old battery. It hasn't been replaced. And as a matter of fact, his battery up and died while he was traveling. So I would encourage you to look for his podcast, True North EVs. So subscribe to it and then actually listen to that episode. Listen to all the episodes. They're all great. I listen to them. I'm a fan of James. He's just a, a very genuinely nice human being. So please go support him. Now, having said all that, I'm not going to do a Patreon plug here. I'm just going to thank the patrons for doing this and being a part of the show. And we're going to move on because I've already wasted enough of your time with my nonsense. Here are a couple of updates from the last time we talked about news. Tesla AI day number two will be delayed from August 19th to September 30th. The reason why is Tesla may have a working version of their humanoid robot Optimus. That would be awesome. I've mentioned this before, but I hope the first version can ascend and descend stairs and also clean my house. I will gladly pay $15,000 for this feature. It has to come with a 15-year warranty. I'm also willing to lease this uh, robot to clean my house because that would be fantastic. 
Two weeks ago, we talked about the Model Y that caught fire in Canada. Well, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration has requested information about that fire from the Canadian officials. Still no word if NHTSA is reaching out to Mexican officials for more information about the police car that hit the Tesla from behind. I'll keep you posted on that. All right, that's enough of the updates. Let's go ahead and get into the news. DeLorean has released a few images of the Alpha 5, and really these are just computer mock-ups. It has gullwing doors, front and back. It's just one door, so that's pretty cool. When you open up the door, there's this nice big area that you can get into your car, so that's very convenient. The interior is very sleek and swooping. The instrument cluster is cool. The infotainment system looks nice. It's going to have a 100-plus kilowatt-hour battery. 300 mile plus range, top speed of 155 miles per hour. We're going to get an official unveiling on August 21st. So I'm looking forward to that because I think this is going to be a really cool car. And as a child of the 70s and 80s, I love the DeLorean. I had, I think I've mentioned this before, but in Alaska, a friend of mine, her mom had a DeLorean and she used to drive it around in the winter. And the car actually did pretty good in the winter. Um, and I, I loved getting rides home in that vehicle because I felt so cool when the door opened, even though it was in the back seat. Normal firefighters extinguish a battery at Rivian's factory in Normal, Illinois. <laughs> when I first read this article, I was like, normal firefighters? What does that mean? But the city of normal firefighters extinguished this battery fire. Rivian was testing the battery pack inside the factory when it caught fire. The fire is under investigation. Here's Rivian's statement. We evacuated a portion of the plant facility as standard practice during a thermal event on Saturday. Everyone is safe and accounted for and the environmental health, excuse me, and our environmental health and safety team is investigating the cause with our engineering team and the normal fire department. No injuries occurred during the event and production in this area has reconvened. So, you know, hopefully they figure out what's going on before they actually stick that those battery packs in vehicles. I'm sure it was just one of those things. Fisker held its annual shareholders meeting. I haven't listened to it yet because I've been so busy, but here are some highlights based on several news sources that I found. Fisker's pair, the personal electric automotive revolution, which is their second vehicle, not out yet, just kind of teased, not even really announced. It's a. It's going to be like a sporty crossover, smaller than the Fisker Ocean SUV. They showed off some concept art of the interior and the exterior. I'm not really going to talk about that because it's just concept art. And we have a long way to go before they show off this car in any official capacity. But they did say it'll come in a single motor and a dual motor variant. You'll get two choices of battery packs. The larger battery pack will actually have a range of over 310 miles, which I think that's a magic number for cars now. The car will be unveiled sometime in the second half of 2023. Unveiled, not production. And then Foxconn will start production at the Lordstown Motor Plant, which is in Lordstown, Ohio, in 2024. It's not Lordstown Motors anymore. Foxconn bought it, but just so we're keeping keeping track of everything. Fisker currently has over 3,200 reservations, and the vehicle will cost just under $30,000, which I think is pretty good. If you want to make a reservation, you can go to Fisker's site. It's $250. I considered it, but then I decided I'm going to wait because 
I have that Cybertruck order and I'm, I'm going to be patient. It's really hard to be patient. It's super hard to be patient, but I'm going to be patient. So we'll see what happens. One more thing while we're on the subject of Fisker Motors, the Fisker Ocean is still on target for production to start on November 17th in 2022. It's going to production will actually start in Austria because that's where the Magna plan is. The Ocean has over 50,000 reservations. The sport trim starts at $37,499 before incentives. So Fisker seems really confident that they're going to be able to get this done. And I really hope that they are. I think that'd be awesome. Neo, which is a Chinese EV company, they're recruiting employees in the United States, possibly so that they can build a manufacturing plant here, which would be really cool. Neo has not denied or confirmed anything. But here's my plea. Please build this vehicle in Arizona. I read an article recently, and I can't remember where I read it. But Rivian was actually considering Arizona for their plant. I know for a fact that they test their trucks in Wickenburg, Arizona. I would have loved it if Rivian would have brought uh, that plant here just because, you know, jobs for the people who live here in Arizona. But I'm glad, you know, Georgia got it. No hate. And then Neo had its earnings call, I think it was two days ago, or maybe it was yesterday. They delivered 7,024 vehicles in the month of May. And they expect, because of COVID shutdowns, that they're going to have a little dip in deliveries and production for this quarter. So hopefully they don't, but they probably will. CEO of Ford, Jim Farley, thinks that there's a electric vehicle pricing war coming. Now, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Jim Farley reminds me a lot of Steve Ballmer. Like those two people, if, if you don't know who Steve Ballmer is, he was once the CEO of Microsoft. I think he was a chief marketing officer or something like that before that. He's just a, a kind of like an over-the-top person. Jim Farley kind of has that same vibe, maybe a little bit more subdued. But Jim predicts that we will be getting EVs in the $25,000 price range, which leads me to say, what does Ford have waiting in the wings? Uh, probably something pretty interesting for that price if he's saying this. He also noted that the battery pack on the $45,000 version of the Mach-E cost Ford $18,000 to build. That's their cost to build. But despite high battery cost, Jim thinks that there's room for cost improvements when it comes to batteries. I hope this is true. I'm not sure it is, but it sounds super optimistic and I hope it happens soon. And honestly, I kind of hope that, that they're able to find those cost savings on, you know, the cheaper version of the Ford F-150. What keeps me away from that car is the 220 miles range. I want something over 300 miles. So it'd be really convenient to me if Ford could figure this out soon before I buy my next vehicle. Toyota is entering the residential battery market. Now, I have to say, um, I reached out to Allison and Steve because they're both engineers because there are some things that I didn't understand. So hopefully I am able to relay the story to you correctly and I didn't get anything wrong. So this residential battery from Toyota will have a capacity of 8.7 kilowatts, kilowatt hours, compared to Tesla's 13.5 kilowatt hours. One of the benefits that Toyota has over Tesla right now is that the Toyota battery supports vehicle-to-home 
battery backup. So this sounds neat. And honestly, I think they need a little bit more clarification because the press release wasn't super clear, but it's an interesting concept. So you have your residential backup battery and something happens like, you know, there's a mass power outage because of a snowstorm or whatever. You can actually connect your vehicle to that battery and give that battery power to that residential battery. So that's pretty cool. What you need to make this work is obviously you got to have a battery. You got to have a DC to DC converter, a hybrid power conditioner. That's for the battery and solar when they work together. And then you need some sort of special connection cable. So if this sounds interesting to you and you're anywhere except for Japan, you're kind of out of luck. But if you're in Japan, you should be able to pre-order the battery now and expect to take the delivery of it sometime after August, which I think is great. Now, if you're listening to the show and you live in Japan, there's only two of you. So, hi. Email me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com and tell me if you're interested in buying this battery. We don't know the price. That's that's the other weird thing. You can pre-order, but you don't know the price. The price of the Chevy Bolt is being slashed by $6,000, which will bring the starting price of that vehicle down to $26,595. That's a pretty good price. If you remember, GM stopped production on the Bolt to sort out some issues because the batteries were catching on fire. Not a lot of them. There was only 24 reported Bolt fires, but, you know, they had to pause production to retool and get, you know, these things figured out. In April, Chevy restarted the production, but in 2022... From January to, I think it was uh, May, they only sold 385 bolts. By this same time in 2021, the same time period, they had sold 9,025 bolts. So you can see uh, maybe people are, are a little bit more leery of buying a Chevy Bolt because of the reputation it has. Also, there's a lot better per, uh, options out there for you. You got the EV6, the Hyundai Kona. You've got the Fisker Ocean coming out. You got the Nissan Aria coming out. There's a lot of options that are coming out or are currently being sold. Like right now, it's a good time to be purchasing an EV better than any other time, if I'm being honest. In the past, although, you know, prices are a little high right now because of reasons. But yeah, um, I'm not sure the Chevy Bolt has... From what I understand, it's a good car. I don't think it has the design aesthetic that people are looking for because if you look at the EV6 and the Hyundai Kona and the uh, Mercedes EQS, all of those vehicles look like spaceships. The Lucid looks like a spaceship. I understand it's a $160,000 car, but it looks like, hey, this is a piece of technology that is advanced. The Chevy Bolt does not look like that. Apple announced an update to their CarPlay service at the Worldwide Developers Conference this week. If you want to see what CarPlay looks like, I uploaded a section of that presentation to the Patreon website. Now, you can go there and you can watch it. It's free. You don't have to be a Patreon supporter. So, you can go to supportkilowatt.com or patreon.com forward slash kilowatt, and you can see that three-minute section, or you can just go to YouTube and search for it. Um, it's really cool looking. No word on when the update will be out. I am curious though, because Apple had this really cool interior of a vehicle that I'm not sure exists at this point or officially exists, 
where uh, you could customize your instrument cluster, your infotainment system. It just kind of went, the screen went all the way across, kind of like Byton had, Byton had, the Chinese company that went out of business recently. But I have to say what Apple was doing looked really interesting to me. But what I'm curious about is because the interior of this car didn't look like anything else that's out there. I mean, it definitely had its own design aesthetic and maybe Apple did that so that, you know, it didn't look like they were favoring one automaker over another, or maybe they decided they were going to make it look like their proposed vehicle or rumored vehicle, I should say. It doesn't really matter. I'm wondering if they just gave a, a, a slight peek of what they think the inside of the Apple car is going to look like. I hope they did. It looks really cool. A Ford dealer in Florida has been called out for selling the F-150 Lightning for $140,000. So just to be clear, this vehicle that they're selling costs $69,000. It's a little less, but we're going to round up. And the markup, or in my area, they call it the dealer adjustment, is also $69,000. So there was a picture of the window sticker showing the price breakdown. Um Ford representative Mike Levine, I can't remember what his title is. It's a fancy one. He took to Twitter and told the world that the story was inaccurate. Uh, The truck in question was a demo unit, so the demo units cannot be sold, or at least at the moment they can't be sold. And the purchase price was mistakenly entered twice, which is possible. Once uh, the dealership was notified that there was a... um, a problem with the price, they said, oh, this was a mistake, and then they fixed it. So the problem has been corrected. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our Tesla news. Elon sent an email last week to Tesla employees telling them they are expected to spend a minimum of 40 hours a week at the office, and it is no longer acceptable to work from home. In addition to that, he also said that you have to work in the office that you're assigned to. So if you are assigned to the San Francisco office and you want to work out of a Texas office, you can't do that. You got to go back to San Francisco. Um, As I understand it, this email was actually directed at execs and not at the folks who work on the factory, basically hourly workers. It's not directed at those folks. I make that clarification for two reasons. One is... Those folks who already work in the factory, the blue-collar workers, they already come into the office because they have to. That's their job. Second, um, Elon also mentioned that he's concerned about inflation and they're going to have to lay off 10% of the workforce. That created quite a a stir on the internet. And then Elon kind of clarified. So here's his first, he had to clarify a couple of times. Here's his first set of clarification. Everyone at Tesla is required to spend a minimum of 40 hours in the office. Moreover, the office must be where your actual colleagues are located, not some remote pseudo office. If you don't show up, we assume you've resigned. The more senior you are, the more senior you are, the more visible you must be. That is why I lived in the factory so much so that those on the line could see me working alongside them. If I had not done that, Tesla would long ago have gone bankrupt. I mean, maybe. There's, there 
are, of course, companies that don't require this. But when was the last time they shipped a great new product? It's been a while. Tesla has and will Tesla has and will create and will actually manufacture the most exciting and meaningful products of any company on earth. This will not happen by phoning it in. Thanks, Elon. Elon had this to say about the layoffs. Total headcount will increase, but salaried should be flat. So they're going to continue growing in the area of the factory workers. Who, you know, the people who are actually doing the work to build the cars. And then they're going to reduce some of those middle management types uh, by 10%, which if you're going to lose your job, that sucks no matter what. I am not by any means saying that this is a good thing. I, I do think this is a bad thing, but there is hope because Amazon has quite a different take about this. Amazon's web services, technical recruiting leader, Zafar Chudhuri, hopefully I said that right. I practiced it a couple of times wrote on LinkedIn, and this is really funny. If the Emperor of Mars doesn't want you, I'll be happy to bring you over to AWS. We'll find you a happy home here that respects you, your time, and your profession. We will find you a team that treats you with dignity. Um, I'm, I, I really like this guy. <laughs> I, I love that he wrote this. I think it's funny. Um, Hopefully he's able to get some good employees because of this. Um, the the thing is the notion that you can't be affected over your at your job or you're phoning it in just because you're working home is kind of silly. I know lots of people who are working at home before the pandemic. I know people who are working at home during the pandemic now, and they're not phoning it. And you have a work ethic. If you have a bad work ethic, then you're going to have a bad work ethic, whether you're at home or whether you go into the office. If you have a good work ethic, same thing applies just in the opposite direction. Um, I was watching TikTok before I fell asleep uh, a couple nights ago, and which is dumb, but whatever. I was watching TikTok and one of the TikTok uh, accounts that I follow is a lawyer and he, he's a labor lawyer, and he thinks that Elon made this announcement with, uh, "Hey, listen, you got to come into the work at least four, or come into the office at least forty hours a week." He thinks he he made this because if Tesla lays these folks off, then they have to pay Cobra, they have to pay unemployment insurance, so it's much cheaper for Tesla to just kind of run them off, um, or just kind of give them this heads up: "Hey, go find another job because yours isn't going to be here for very long." And then that way they don't have to give them in some cases like severance packages and things like that. I don't know if any of this is true, but that's just what the lawyer said. Let's talk about Elon's infamous tweet. <laughs> and now, now that I say that out loud, there's any number of tweets that could get that uh, award um, Elon's most infamous tweets, but we're going to talk about the one where he said he was considering taking Tesla shares private at $420 per share. The next tweet, which was the, the big one was funding secured or the next part of that was funding secured. The sec has established the distribution of funds from the Tesla fair fund. This fund was set up to pay any investors who were neg negatively affected by Elon's tweets. I'm not an investor, but I feel like I was negatively effective, affected. 
my I'm really tired. My <laughs> I'm starting to lose it. Um, I would like money, but I didn't invest in the company. But if you did and you acquired shares from 1248 p.m. Well, excuse me, 1248 and 16 seconds p.m. Eastern Standard Time on August 7th. So that's the start time. The end time would be August 8th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you had acquired shares during that very narrow window, you may be eligible to receive a portion of a $41.2 million fund. It's pretty big. On to happier news. CNBC reported that according to Elon Musk, Tesla has three years worth of Cybertruck orders. Um, I, I wonder how many of those reservation holders are actually going to buy a Cybertruck because the market is, is, is getting busy. The F-150 is getting great reviews. Uh, you know, Ford sold out this year, but who knows what it looks like next year and the year after Ford can ramp up production. I think this year they're building like 40,000 vehicles. I'm sure they can do quite a bit more than that next year. So, and then you also have the Rivian R1T, which I know they're not selling a lot of these or they're, they're actually just not producing a lot of these, but it's still a really good truck. And it's in that same price range, you know, as the F-150 Lightning. In terms of, you know, bringing it all about me and making it personal, I feel like I'm somewhere under the top 150,000 reservation holders. I tried to use the reservation tracker, but it wasn't loading properly. So I'm not totally sure about this, but I, I kind of feel like I'm not going to get a truck next year based on production. I think I, I may get a truck in 2024. Um, my car will be 13 years old in 2024 and I don't mind driving a 13 year old car. My car is in very good shape. It's a very nice car. However, I am a little antsy. I want to get into an EV. I am not because just because of gas prices, that is a thing, but because I've been, I've been talking about this, I've been preaching, you know, let's go ahead and move to, to electric vehicles and, you know, during this last almost six years of doing this podcast, the kind of thing that I had in my head, um, which wasn't necessarily the Cybertruck, but when the Cybertruck came out, I was like, okay, that's my electric vehicle. That's my next vehicle. And it keeps getting pushed back further and further and further. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Either they, I don't know. Basically, I'm frustrated. So I'm going to move on. Elon gave us a little hint about his master plan. We don't know a lot about it, but we know that his master plan includes scale. And that is all. According to Stephen Loveday at Inside EVs, Tesla has lowered the safety score needed to get access to the FSD beta to anyone over 91. Now, I read another article that said that Tesla lowered the score to 95. They were written right around the same time. I don't know for sure which one is the most accurate if you are a if you're waiting for the tesla fsd beta to to come to you and you have a you know a score a safety score of 92 and you get it let me know um if you don't get it same let me know tesla is looking to improve vehicle service for customers by making the majority of appointments same day repairs elon said the goal in North America, is for two out of three cars to receive same-day service. 
I think that's pretty great. Tesla has grown so much in the last few years that I can't imagine what it's like to try and scale up that service department and keep up with demand. It's probably it's probably very challenging. So I, I hope that they can achieve this goal. That would be pretty awesome for their customers. Tesla also filed with the FCC to use a new radar for their EVs. If this sounds weird to you because Tesla stopped using radars in their cars last year and they've turned off most, if not all, uh, radar and, and the vehicles that are on the road now, um, Elon actually said that Pure Vision, which is Tesla's camera, AI, and hardware system, is better than radar. He also said that high-res radar would be better than Pure Vision. So, uh, Right now, as far as we know, there's no high-res radar like what Elon was talking about. So why are we getting radars added back into the vehicles? I actually don't think that these are for the cars, uh, for like this, the passenger vehicles. I think this is for the Tesla Semi. Uh, Semi-trucks are very large, and if you're towing a trailer or something bigger, it's always nice to have... In this case, I'm going to use a metaphor, an extra set of eyes. Like if you are going to uh, make a decision while you're driving that could potentially end somebody's life because they're hanging out in your blind spot, it, it would be nice to have that extra set of eyes, that extra technology that would tell you, hey, somebody's just hanging out in your blind spot. Maybe you don't want to move over into this lane. I think this is good. I think it's, I think the, the most likely scenario that this is going into the Tesla Semi. It could be wrong, just what I think. Also, as somebody who drives a fire truck for a living, uh, the current truck that I'm on, I used to be on a ladder. I've been moved to an engine. It was supposed to be temporary, but it, we're coming up on a year now, so, so I'm not so sure it's temporary. Uh, the engine that I drive does not have cameras. It's very old. It was built in 2002. Or no, it's 2000. So it's 22 years old. It has none of that safety equipment. It has very small mirrors. So um, I have to be extra cautious, not that I wouldn't be if it had cameras and radar, but I have to be extra cautious when I drive that vehicle and double, triple, and quadruple check before I make some sort of lane change that could potentially injure or kill somebody. So I'm all for this uh, technology in semi. So maybe it's just me wanting this technology for me. Again, this podcast is all about me. Elon said that Tesla is considering adding Apple CarPlay to their vehicles. I mentioned this briefly on the podcast last week with Allison and Chris. If Apple and Tesla decided that they're going to work out a deal so that they can do this, I don't think it's necessarily a deal. I think it's just Tesla needs to say we'd like to implement this in our vehicle. But if they did that, I think it'd be great. I know a lot of people are happy with the way that the whole Tesla system is set up now. And I think that's great, too. But you give people options. You know, if you're into Android Auto, have that on there. You can have Tesla's uh, proprietary system and you can have Apple's system. Tesla computers are pretty pl plenty powerful for this. Uh, just give them options. I think that would be pretty, pretty good. People like options. Here is our final story. And this one's a doozy. North Carolina Representative Keith Kidwell has proposed a new law called the Equ Equitable Free Vehicle 
service stations, which is House Bill 1049. And here's an excerpt from it. Any person who is engaged in a business where electric vehicle charging stations are provided for the use by the public at no charge shall ensure that each customer of the business, without regard to whether the customer uses the charging stations, is informed of on the receipt for the purchases the percentage of the amount of the customer's total purchase price that is the result of the business providing electric vehicle charging stations at no charge. So basically what they want, or what he wants, is at the at the bottom of your receipt, it's going to be like, hey, thanks for shopping at blank store this much of your purchase went towards free electrical vehicle electric vehicle charging okay that seems foolish and childish to me but that's fine the law doesn't stop there or the proposed law doesn't stop there he would also like free electric vehicle chargers that are on state land he would like them to be removed unless the property offers free gasoline and free diesel in addition to the free electric chargers. And the bill would fund the Department of Transportation. They would give them $50,000 to actually remove these charging stations if the bill went through, which I don't think it will. But here's another part of the bill here. The Department of Transportation shall not use public funds to provide electric vehicle charging stations on property owned or leased by the state or to fund or install electric vehicle charging stations on property owned or leased by a person or entity unless the department or person or entity provides gasoline and diesel fuel for motor vehicles through a pump to the public at no charge. All right. Goes on here. A county shall not use public funds to provide electric vehicle charging stations on property owned or leased by the county or to fund or install electric vehicle charging stations on property owned or leased by a person or entity unless the county or the person or entity provides gasoline diesel. You get the point. Um, Obviously, Representative Kidwell has an issue with free charging and maybe has an issue with EVs as well. And as a general rule, I think his bill is really dumb. I I think for the business stuff, that's a total overreach i i do not think that it's okay um if businesses want to do that i think that's fine i don't think it's okay to make them do it i think that's stupid um there are lots of different perks that businesses offer like walmart will let you park in your rv in their parking lot for overnight in hopes that you'll actually come into the store and you know purchase groceries they're not doing this to Walmart. And, and Walmart actually has chargers as well. I don't know if they're free or not, but it, it doesn't matter. Like the whole concept of making businesses uh, tell you how much of your bill went towards free EV charging is stupid. On the one part that I do somewhat agree with him is free EVs on public lands. Now, as a general rule, I am not against this policy. But there is an argument to be made that if you're making one form of energy free, like the electricity to power your vehicle, you should make the other forms of, you know, ways to power your vehicle free. And I would I would go on to extend this if if he wants to really go down this road. If if you're going to offer free gasoline and diesel, then you got to offer free natural gas and you got to offer propane and you got to offer hydrogen 
you know, all the ways that you could potentially power a vehicle, which gets messy. Again, this is a a very dumb bill, and I, I want everybody to know that. Uh, but there is, you know, if just being a devil's advocate, I can see an argument for saying you do need to make these other sources of energy free. I would like them to make steam free. I'd like them to make have big old carts of coal out there so I can run my steamed power car. That's what I'd like. Now, I don't want to make any assumptions about Representative Kidwell's intentions or who may or may not be pushing this on him. He is up for re-election in November, which is interesting because, you know, you got to do something for your campaign to show that you're actually, um, you got to make a mark. You got to, you got to make a fuss, I guess, to show your constituents that you're working in their best interest, which I don't know that this is. So he's up for re-election in November. I checked to see who his donors were. And I, honestly, I didn't see any donations from automakers, you know, dealerships, energy companies. Actually, the biggest donor in his campaign is himself. And he gave himself $55,000 and he's made several small loans to his campaign. So, yeah, I don't know where this is coming from. To me, it's very silly, but that's where we're at. I don't think it'll pass. All right, everybody, that is it for me this week. Um, it's not in, it's not it for me today. Still got two more podcasts to record. But I hope you enjoy this podcast and the other two podcasts uh, that you'll be listening to in the coming weeks. I will miss each and every one of you. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can find me on Twitter at 918digital. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I will see you in two weeks.